Welcome back to Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Today I want to go over some number with you guys about the whole defund the police movement. And we're going to go over some real numbers, real statistics uh, to show you what a push this is from the left to um, basically disrupt the country. I don't know if any of you follow him on Instagram or you've seen him on different platforms, but I do uh, like Larry Elder. Um, he put out a report that's from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. Uh, total violent crimes excluding homicide between black and white 2018. The total number of crimes was 593,598 of those Black against white was 537,204, which is 90% of the number. And white against black, 56,394, a little less than 10%. Both of those numbers come from the uh, U.S. Census, uh, most recent data that I could find on there. And then if you want to go all across the board, as far as every type of crime, violent, nonviolent, um, as of 2018, from independent UK, whites 6,665,050, uh, crimes committed in 2018, blacks 2,572,710. Now, going based upon what I told you percentage-wise, you know, we have an average of 325 million Americans in the United States, which gives you a mix of white and Hispanic. Your 77% is 250,250,000. Your African-American community is 42,250,000. Uh, to put that into perspective, that's about 6% on African-American and 2.5% on Caucasian slash Hispanic. I mean, you see the huge number gap there. So ultimately, the end result there is going to be you're going to have a lot more interactions between police officers uh, all across the board, all types of crimes uh, for the African-American community at any given time. Uh, I mean, numbers don't lie. Opinions you know, from everybody are like anything else. They're your opinion, they're a guesstimation, but when you start searching in facts, uh, you know, facts are generally where the truth lies. Um, also from the uh, U.S. Census, uh, of police shootings in 2018, 45% uh, were white, 23% were black, 16% Hispanic. Of those, 54% had guns, 4% were unarmed. I, I Just looking at all the data that I've been looking at, um, trying to make sure I bring you the most accurate data, everything that I'm seeing on here doesn't look racially imbalanced. What's really going on is that uh, it's an election year, like I said in my last podcast. Right now, it benefits the left to pull the race card and try to uh, capitalize on any type of injustice. Now, with that being said, George Floyd's death was a tragedy. Uh, the current situation 
in Atlanta, again, is a tragedy because at the end of the day, any loss of life is a tragedy. Um, but what they're doing here is they're exploiting an unfortunate situation uh, to benefit their cause, which again would be unfortunate that you're using somebody, it was their life, and you're using that for your gain. Um, you should actually be ashamed of yourself for even doing that. The fact that we're being painted out to be such a racist society, I decided, you know, to go through <clears throat> some of the other things to look at here. House of Representatives currently has uh, 237 Democrats in it with four delegates, 199 Republicans with one delegate, um, one independent, one libertarian, and you also have um, Puerto Rico in there. The Senate has 53 Republicans, 45 Democrats, two independents. Of the total, 57 are African American, um, which is about 10.5% of the uh, total between the House and the Senate. You also have a small percentage between Asian, Hispanic, uh, and American Indian, being that the U.S. population uh, for African Americans is 13%. You're probably just a little bit off. You're, uh, you know, two and a half percent or so off of the 13 percent. I was trying to pull up some more information um, on the police uh, as a total, um, top to bottom. What's the racial makeup of all the departments across the United States? Uh, I was having a little tough time finding that information. Uh, I had said previously I do listen to uh, Brian Mudd in the morning, and I remember a few weeks ago I think he broke that down and did bring that information to us locally. And I want to say that uh, as far as a police task force, and I don't know if he was talking about local or nationwide, but at least our local police task force, I do remember him saying it was in line where it was, uh, I believe, 13 and some change percent was African-American, um, followed by white and Hispanic and, and whatnot. So it seemed pretty even across the board as far as police officers go. Um, I'm a big fan of Back in the Blue because, you know, again, I think police officers, they're not all bad. A lot of them are good people. Uh, I'd say 97% of them are good people. You probably have those few bad apples. But I know we are in an election year, and once again, they're going to use this to their advantage. Uh, to show you how unfairly the news reports, I saw a report today come out that uh, a young man was walking by. Uh, I want to say it was in New York City. He's walking by an elderly woman uh, in a walker, a white lady, 92 years old. And for no reason at all, as he was walking by her, he shoved her head. She fell over hit a fire hydrant and was laying on the floor and he just continued on. Now I know the police did make that arrest um, to catch him, but I mean, it is, have we become that uncivilized that we hate the police, we hate the government, we hate everything that's going on here, that you're going to take out your frustration or you're just going to be a nasty person and you're going to push over a 92-year-old lady in a walker. To me, that's a punk move. You're not a man. You're a punk, and there's nothing else that can be said about you. You're a low life, and I'm glad they caught you, and I hope you pay dearly for it. 
you know, it was unfortunate to see that poor little old lady fall like that and hurt herself. She's been through 92 years on this planet, and she has to have somebody like yourself do something like that to her. And those are the moments where the police did catch them, and that's when you want police. I've also seen some more videos coming out of the uh, – uh, off of Twitter, excuse me, off of Twitter, and uh, where people are pulling down statues – and they begin to attack somebody who probably didn't agree with what they were doing. And the uh, gentleman started walking off, and they pursued, calling them names. And eventually uh, one young man looked like ran up and tried to tackle him. And a couple more jumped in. Well, you know, these types of things happen. Uh, the guy you tackled had a gun on him. He pulled a gun out, started shooting at people. <clears throat> and the same people who are over there attacking him and tearing down statues and defund the police, all you hear in the background is call the police, call the police. Oh, my God, call the police. He's shooting at everybody. Well, of course, you guys are attacking him. You're mobbing him for no reason. Of course he's, he's, he's going to shoot at you. <laughs> he's got to protect himself. Should he just sit there and let you guys beat him to a pulp? My, you know, this is, this is a bad situation in the country. This is not where we want to be at. We're better than this as a people. Um, I know President Trump uh, signed a executive order for police reform today. Uh, I would support what he does. He's not attacking the police. Uh, looks like from what I saw on the bill, it's more or less better training. Um, obviously doesn't like the idea of chokeholds. Uh, He's trying to better the situation. He's trying to unite everybody. But at the same time, he's not trying to beat up the police because, you know, these guys go out there every day and try to protect and serve complete strangers. And uh, they're under serious fire right now from all across the board with all of the supposed racial injustice in the country. Uh, I go around every single day. You know, I I have a full-time job and uh, I work with people from – every ethnicity, every background, and I got to tell you, I don't see it personally here. So if I don't see it here in my own life and going around town and meeting people and everybody's laughing and we're all trying to have a good normal life together here and we all are intermingling just fine, I do find it hard to believe that it could be so racially tense everywhere else in the United States. It doesn't matter where you go. Uh, I mean, I've traveled multiple states out of town. And when I go out of town, most of the places I've been to, and they're not all conservative-run states. I've been to New York myself. Okay, now, New York definitely lives up to its name. A lot of people there are rude. But at the same time, there was no racial tension. I didn't feel any. I felt like I could go about my day, do my thing with my family, have a good time, sightsee, and just be normal for lack of a better way to say it, we're all just being normal. No one's bothering nobody. So the idea that we're so racist, I don't see it. And so because I don't see it, that's where I go to, this is definitely a political show. We're putting it on TV. We're going to capitalize on it. We're going to make everybody think that America's so divided because Trump doesn't know how to run it and Trump's creating all this animosity and he's creating all this hatred between the races and the people and it's blatantly untrue. Nobody has done, excuse me, no president has done more for the African-American community uh, as of late 
than President Trump has. Lowest black unemployment rate in recorded history. Funding of historic black colleges uh, to make sure that they can continue on, educate their people, and prison reform. The man is doing the best he can. He's done more than Obama did, I can guarantee you that. Because Obama, if you watch any of the press conferences that just happened, uh, a lot of the leaders from the historic black colleges said they would come back year after year to ask Obama for funding and get denied. So Obama wouldn't even fund his own community's colleges, whereas Trump, once they came around one time and they came back for the second round, he asked them, why were you coming back again? I just gave you money last year. And they explained to him that, yes, although we got money from you last year, they're so behind and they need the funding to continue on, he ends up signing a 10-year deal with them. So how could you say that we're a racist nation with a racist president unless you're just trying to push an agenda? You have no facts to back it up. But that's what the left does. It's not about facts. For the left, it's just about implanting the seed, poking at your emotions, getting you all upset about everything, and then you can turn everybody on everybody because hate is a very powerful thing. Uh, Don't anybody tell you different. If you can get somebody to hate somebody else, they're going to act extremely irrational because you're feeding into whatever narrative they're trying to push. And at the current time, the narrative is we're all racist against each other we all hate each other and it's it's upsetting and it's pitiful you know you got to do better than that if you're going to hope to beat president trump at the voting box you're going to have to come a lot more correct than that uh in 2016 trump had eight percent of the african-american vote backing him up going into 2020 at the current time as it stands he's running around 40 percent of the African-American vote. The Democrats know that's, that's dangerous. That's a danger zone. If he can pull that much of the African-American community, then he will win the election. And naturally, they're scared of that because once he wins the election, they know he will continue to pursue all the people in the deep state, and there's going to end up being a lot of people that are going to go to jail. So with that being said, going back to the beginning, what do you do? defund the police they're all racists they're all bigots we got to get rid of them or if we can't get rid of them let's vilify them let's make everybody believe what we want them to believe all these white cops are killing black people and it's factually untrue i gave you the facts in the beginning it's not true not even close but that's what they're going to run with and they're going to keep pushing it until something new comes up. But I believe they think they're losing that fight. Because if you've watched the defund the police is starting to uh, mellow out, even the House has backed off of the whole defund the police. Pelosi, Schumer, and all the rest of the uh, extreme leftists basically have backed off to the point where, well, we'll just try to restrict them, uh, better training. Uh, They should be coming out with their version of whatever bill it's going to be. I know the Republicans are going to be coming out, or the Senate will be coming out with theirs. So we'll see what both of those look like. Uh, We need to back the badge, 
we got to protect our local law enforcement, show them that we appreciate them. Uh, certainly, you know you're going to need them at some point. All the men and women in uniform, uh, they feel underappreciated right now. They feel vilified right now. You see all across the country, a lot of them are starting to uh, resign from the force. And once the police force dwindles down, crime will run rampant. Criminals are opportunists, and they'll wait for their moment, you know, and uh, pounce on it when it's time, like the Chaz situation, uh, like Minneapolis. What does burning down a city, um, looting, rioting, hurting police officers, hurting civilians, um, you know, graffiti everywhere, what does that have to do with the death of George Floyd? So they know right now is their opportunity, and they know that because of leftist radical leaders in these states, they are basically tying the police department's hands behind their back and not allowing them to do their job as they see fit and take these cities back over. I mean, can you imagine being a police officer and the amount of stress and pressure that these men and women must be under going into these situations where you know people are going to attack you? You know that you can't do much about it because already you know you're being vilified. It's just not right. It needs to be fixed. Hopefully, most of these men and women will stay strong and continue to protect and serve as most of them do on a daily basis um, because most of them, again, are good people. We can't let the left divide us, uh, anybody that's listening to this that potentially uh, may be a liberal or you may be on the left side, you know, take into consideration that if you really look in your life, not because somebody says somebody's racist, What have you seen in your life day-to-day, your day-to-day interactions? When you see police officers, how many violent police officers have you seen? You know, how many racist people do you run into daily? When you start really taking a step back, forget about what side you want to be on, and you will start to see the reality around you, that it's not as the media, it's not as the Democratic Party, it's not as your local congressman or maybe your your boss at work or whoever is saying it is. Because like I said at the you know earlier in the podcast, I've been to multiple states and I've never seen it myself. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, in my life, I haven't even seen a police officer manhandling somebody like you see on TV. So with that being said, how often could it really happen? I'm out and about all day, every day. Part of my job is moving around all day, every day. So, I mean, if anybody's going to see it, I would assume that I should have at least seen something by now, and I see nothing. So if I'm not seeing it, where is it? You know, and I would say if you take a real hard look at your life, you probably come to about the same conclusion, that you don't see it either. So don't be fooled. Pay attention. It is an election year. This is the way things are done. These are the emotions that the left likes to poke at. This is how they like to divide us as a nation. And currently, the police are being vilified. Uh, Before the last election, 2016, who was it? Uh, 
Michael something. His last name, uh, his last name, uh, it's it's not coming to me at the moment. Maybe it will in a minute. Um, but he was right before that cycle, and we had this all the whole same thing. We had you know marches and rallies and everything else. Now I'm not against a peaceful march, and I'm not against a peaceful protest and a rally. Uh, I am totally 100% against rioting. I am 100% against anybody causing any damage to property, um, harming other people, harming police officers. That's not that's not protesting. You're not going to get anywhere with that. All you're going to do is make your cause look foolish. There's no better way to say it. You need to pay attention because the election is in 140 days and more than ever if you ever needed a conservative with a level head to run the United States it's now more than ever Donald Trump is the type of guy that has kept all the promises that he has said on his campaign trail if he hasn't already completed them he's working on them or working towards them in my lifetime, I haven't seen too many presidents that actually keep their promises from the campaign trail. Maybe in a eight-year stint, they might do one or two. The amount of stuff that Trump has completed in three years compared to any other president is mind-blowing that he's been able to get that much done. So being that the election's about 140 days away, we need to make sure we stay strong we got to get the word out. we got to talk to people. Definitely have to back the badge. I would say there's probably not a police officer in the country that's not going to vote for Trump because you haven't had a president, uh, especially Obama. Obama pretty much looked like he hated the police department and hated the military. And I know personally know a lot of police officers who actually have said that to me and feel that way. And... Trump is the polar opposite of that. They feel that they have his support. They feel that he actually cares about them and what happens to them and what they do day to day, that they actually mean something to the United States. So people get ready. You know, it's a big fight ahead of us. 140 days is not a lot of time. It's, even though it sounds like a lot, it's going to go by fast. It's like anything else. One day you're playing on the beach in the summertime, and the next thing you know, you're scattering to buy Christmas gifts. So you know, uh, you know what time it is with all that. Time slows down for no man. That about wraps it up for this episode. So um, follow me on Twitter at LJConcerCorner. It's L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. Or email me at... L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N at gmail.com. You guys have a great one. Hope you keep listening. See you on the next podcast.